that's Mel. And that's Britt. And this is That Fitness Thing Podcast. Where we are going to tackle all of your burning fitness questions about all of those fitness things and probably a few other nuggets of wisdom as well. This topic that we're about to go over is kind of like a bone that I've had to pick for so long because it's affected me as a woman in the fitness industry as like a teenager and how I have tackled certain aspects of my training um, for bodybuilding and like rugby and CrossFit and all this stuff. So these, this is information that I'm glad to be knowledgeable on. And I'm really glad there's actually other people out there who dive deep into the research and Philly put it on the internet so that I can look at it and not have to look at 20 different articles. I know. I feel like this is kind of like a passion of yours. Like I'm very excited about this topic. I think it's so relevant and I think so many women deal with these questions on it, but I feel like for you, this is like a legitimate passion of a topic. This is so great because I can finally talk about the title of our podcast. Yeah. And where it all started. Where did it start? Where did it start? So the idea of that fitness thing. Literally, since I've been bodybuilding or in the bodybuilding world between figure and bikini division, all that stuff, I started bodybuilding in 2011. And it was something that I always like really took to very easily. I've always been an athlete in some aspect of my life. You know, growing up, I played soccer for three years and I played rugby for six years. Then I joined the military, which you have to be fitness focused for to meet the standards of the army. And I got into CrossFit at some point. And when I got into bodybuilding, it was just like, man, like I have the genetics for this. So I'm going to go after it. And going through all the shows that I've done, it it was really frustrating as a female and a woman that people just didn't get it. And yeah. instead of being genuine about their questions about my training or what I'm doing or what show or thing, they would just kind of be dismissive and always ask me, well, how's that fitness thing? And it would just drive me nuts. I'm like, it's not just a thing. Like, this is part of my, who I am. Like, it's kind of like my identity at this point. Yeah. Um, it's something that I'm super passionate about. Like, I've taken a bunch of cert certifications for it and everything. And so I'd always get really bothered by that. And that's kind of like, I just remember the other, you know, a couple weeks ago, I'm like, when we came together to do this podcast, obviously, the first thing I said was, Let's not worry about to call, what to call it right now because it will come to us when it comes to us. <laughs> well, it came to me. <laughs> and I was listening to a TED Talk. And for our listeners and followers, I have been in the communications world since 2009. I was a public affairs broadcast specialist for the military. I have a bachelor's degree in communications. I'm in graduate school for strategic communications. I'm a recruiter for the military. And that is really a key component of being able to recruit is using strategic communications to, you know, get people and all that stuff. So it's the story branding is really important. And so I was listening to this TED talk about story branding and how what draws people in to listen to podcasts or to read books or to read or really listen to anybody about anything 
is this story that's being told. And so I was just like thinking about that. And I was like, man, he oh, you know, just reverberating everything. I always think about communications and dealing with marketing and all that. And I was like, man, you know what would be a great podcast name? He's <laughs> like that fitness thing. I was just driving to go pick up my kids and it just popped in my head. And so and it, it really, it, it was just, it's, it makes so much sense. Right. And it's more out of kind of like a, dark humor aspect of it right I don't want this podcast to just be that thing but it's just it's all the things it's everybody's fitness journey whatever that is you know it doesn't have to be bodybuilding or weightlifting or powerlifting or yoga or anything it'd be anything that people ha- are passionate about they have interest in that it's their hobby and it's more than just a thing and that's why we have developed this podcast because it is more than just a thing. So yeah, you know, and this this topic that we're going to tackle in a bit, it it ties so well into it. Right. So, <laughs> I guess we'll just jump right in and we can do our housekeeping all that stuff at the end. So, perfect. I uh, love it. Let's... So what are we talking about today, Britt? Well, today's topic came about because of a story on Instagram that you messaged me. All right. Oh, yeah. That did start with me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> this is how this topic came about because I got fired up. And what was it, Mel? You did. I was so innocently sending it to you, too, completely unaware that it would fire you up. I just liked the question. So <clears throat> a big fitness influencer. I can't talk. Fitness influencer. She had post or she had gotten a comment from one of her followers and the comment was something along the lines of if I'm going to start lifting and lifting heavy, am I going to get bulky? Will I look like a man? Like get really big. And her response was something along the lines of a blanket statement. It was truthful, it was scientific, but it just said, you know, both genders have a similar rate of growth and it left it at that. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I get that question all the time as a coach, or I've thought that at the beginning of my fitness journey, if I lift heavy, aren't I just going to get huge? Aren't I going to look like a man? And what you got out of that, that same exact post was something entirely different that brought us here. Yes. All right. This is what got me upset. It wasn't her, her response was great. You don't get me wrong. And I love Sohi. I love everything that she posts and everything. What really grinded my gears about it was we're not tackling the root issue. The root issue is why does this person think that? We can throw science at anybody, but there is a root cause and a deep cause and a deep-rooted cause of why someone feels that way, that they're so worried. So saying to somebody, well, men and women both grow at the same rates, doesn't say, hey, you can lift weights and you're still going to be feminine. You know, that was what, you know, that's the answer that person wants. And we can tackle that question in a positive way that tackles and destroys the stigma (laughs) that women are going to look like men if they pick up a dumbbell and also be able to instill some knowledge into that person so that they can make the appropriate choices for their fitness goals. And what 
and going back to the whole communication side of it is that, you know, women over the last century and a half, ever since media has been a thing, you know, between newspapers and magazines and television and then eventually the Internet have been inundated by marketing and advertisers about how women should look like back in like, oh, it was like the 1920s and the 1920s Gillette, the razor company made oh, yeah. an ad, right? They made an ad to, towards women saying, buy a razor so you're not embarrassed by your own body hair, essentially, right? <laughs> so the media has been the driving factor of what women think their body should look like and also the spread of misinformation that's not scientific, right? So instead of developing these ideas of when it comes to training and the scientific background of it, people have this narrative that women should not lift weights. They should not do strength sports because of, you know, simple things as they'll get too big. They won't be feminine. Men won't find them attractive. And so these women's identity when it comes to fitness training is surrounded by the advertising marketing and the bros out there of who think fitness should be a certain thing. Like, gosh, it's just, it's such a, and I could go on and on and on about the marketing, advertising, the communications aspect of it and how essentially the media controls the thought process of women and how they should train. And I mean, anybody all the millennials at this point who are interested in fitness and stuff can also see the transformation in just fitness magazines, right? Uh, but there's there's still a problem with fitness magazines about how, you know, they have, this is how women should train. Women should do these seven exercises to have this type of core or do these six exercises to increase your glute size, right? It's never about like, hey, do this so you can get strong as fuck, right? It's always about yeah. doing specific exercises for specific body parts to get a specific look because that's what the media slash fitness world slash bros have decided for us. And so women have this identity reading these magazines or internet blogs about how fitness women look like or should look like and or just any other, right? So when we're looking at strength, right, and we're looking at the actual strength gains and the muscles, you know, the muscle gain that women and men actually get during training, and there's a ton of studies, like a lot of studies that have been done, there really are two kind of separate ideas of how people view the training aspect of things. And some people say that uh, men just respond way better to training and women's results are not going to be the same. So women should just not do it. And we've all heard that, right? Oh, right. you know, it's just like, oh, like you don't, you, you won't, it won't affect you because you just don't have the hormone level for it. So you should not even train that. And the other side of it is that, you know, bad things are going to happen if women lift heavy, right? Um, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get injured. That's not good for your back. You're about to give birth if you do that. Your uterus is going to fall out. Like all these things about our body parts. <laughs> if we start to train heavy, uh, you know, like it's just it's just crazy to me. And, you know, these, these viewpoints. And a lot of it is 
based off of no scientific background, but again, just how media portrays women. And another thing that bugs me, and it's been bugging me for the last week, now that I'm on my grinding the gears course, (laughs) is right now with, you know, Kim, the Kardashians, essentially, I follow this plastic surgeon from Australia because I'm really just weird about gore and I'm just fascinated by that type of stuff. And they actually post videos of doing like gory oh, tummy tucks. I can't like, handle straight it. Up. I would never be able to be on that page ever. <laughs> <laughs> but it like, it amazes me. They literally post doing surgery on someone every day who does a 360 lipo, gets a tummy tuck, and then shoves all that fat into their ass. Mm. And more power to them if they want to get a BBL, Brazilian, whatever, butt lift crap, right? <laughs> that's that's up to them. They can spend their money however they want. However, right, the caveat to that is it is most people who get these procedures aren't being honest and having integrity about it and they'll go into their instagram where you have influencer stuff and start selling fucking tea like tummy tea and shit like that yeah i got this giant ass like doing some (laughs) glute exercises and then i took this detox tea that just like made my tummy so flat you should definitely buy this and it drives me insane because this beauty standard that women are trying to uphold is not attainable unless a you have the natural genetics to have that fat ass right right or Two, you're getting fucking surgery for it. So literally in no world is someone able to have a one fat ass, like literally fat, like real fat in their ass (laughs) and having a small waist. Like, and it just... I just want women to train because it makes them feel good, right? They want to be strong and they just can do all the things. And instead of trying to like uphold this unattainable beauty standard, and then you have people out there who have the knowledge and they're not even tackling the root issue. Be like, hey, why do you think women get bulky? Right. Who told you that? Where did you read that? You know, and not in an accusatory fashion, but like, how are you able to answer the question if you're not asking questions, you know? So let's get to it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I get what you're saying there too. And especially just having been a coach who coached mostly women for, for my entire career, that's something that comes up constantly. It's one of the first things I hear when I put out anything high protein when I start any kind of a weightlifting regimen with them. And it's just, it's unfortunate that that's what we think and that's how we think, but it's something that I think everybody needs to kind of actively work on within themselves and we can kind of start to move things in a better direction that way. But it is, it's very much ingrained. I totally understand that. Do women get bulky if they lift weights? Now, I think what a lot of people and in my experience as a coach is that What ends up happening in this thought process is that women think that if they pick up weights, they're going to gain this massive amount of muscle immediately. There are going to be a lot of factors that help with muscle growth, and that's going to be training intensity, obviously sleep, stress control, and then 
obviously nutrition. So if someone is just kind of going into the gym and they're really not, they're, they're not creating a hypertrophic environment, right? They're not lifting heavy weights or just weights in general in a way that's going to tear the muscle fibers that in sense is going to make your body want to repair it so the muscle can actually grow. So what ends up happening when those factors are not being controlled or monitored is that people don't actually change their, most specifically their nutrition They're not tracking it. They're just eating like they normally do. But they do, let's say they do increase their training, right? They do heavy weightlifting and stuff. And maybe they do have some hypertrophic, you know, like they're in a hypertrophic environment so that they could potentially have muscle growth. What ends up happening is that people typically either are just naturally eating at maintenance, right? Because... They're not tracking anything, but they're not eating so much because they've maintained the same weight for years and years and years and years or whatever. They just wanted to go to the gym. So what ends up happening is that your body starts with that type of training intensity. It starts holding on to more water and glycogen, which increases your weight. You get hungry, you start eating more, right? Because you're training more. So you naturally just start eating more. And there is a propensity sometimes that you're going to gain body fat on top of that. You may gain a little bit of muscle, but if you're not really tracking nutrition, you don't really know. So what ends up happening is that people think what bulky is, is necessarily is they're not actually losing any body fat. They may be gaining a little bit of muscle under there, but the scale is going up because they're just having extra water, some extra inflammation in their system, as well as extra carbs. So that's kind of where I see that, particularly in my clients when it comes to the bulky question, because they're like, well, well, my friend lifted weights and she gained all this weight. They're like, well, you don't really know her environment and what she's doing for her to gain that weight. So the weights itself is not causing her to gain weight. (laughs) It's everything else. Right. Um, And it's just hard to say that as a coach, because I don't know that person. I don't know their training regimen or anything like that. But in my experience, that's where I see the bulky part. Now, the other aspect of it is that, some women have this irrational feel, fear that if they pick up the weight, they're going to gain all this muscle and then look masculine. Look, if women, there are women out there, that is their intent, all right? But they are creating a hormone environment in their body with extra synthetic hormones that they can't actually create on their own to get that look. Now, the hormone environment that women have with their testosterone levels typically do not support that. Okay. Women have one fifteenth the amount of testosterone that a man has. Right. And we just also just don't have the physiological structure. We also have higher uh, female sex hormones that also contribute to different, you know, body fat. Absolutely. Like we naturally have areas as a woman that we're going to hold on to a little bit more body fat. It's different from men. Right. Yeah. Well, and just like in the hips, in the belly, all that stuff like that's just it's just we just look different because of that. Now, we're also not all the same. Now, anecdotally for myself, I've always been an athlete. I've had a six pack my whole life, even though I'm carrying easily 10 or 15 pounds extra after my second kid, which I'm fine with. I still have abs like they're still there. They're just 
there's a little bit of a layer on top of them, but I've been that person <laughs> where I didn't have to train to get in because that's just my physiology. That's just my genetics. And some women aren't going to have big, uh, you know, big hips or a big butt or their fat just going to be in different areas and stuff. And so we all train different ways and then our body responds in different ways based off of that. So like me personally, when I weight train, I just end up looking even more athletic, right? My, I just have the hormone panel and the training regimen and the discipline and stuff where I have that growth that I'm trying to get. <laughs> like, and it took years. <laughs> like, and that's one thing to say is, you know, I really, I do truthfully wish that it worked that way where I just picked up some heavy weights. And because I did that a few times or even consistently, just because I picked up those heavy weights that I all of a sudden had this miraculous, huge muscle growth. Because it is also something that I've loved to chase after. And it takes kind of those outlier situations, those outlier genetics, your hormones, all those things that you just talked about. It's rare for someone to have that combination where they pack on muscle as well as even you do. I'm going to get into the numbers. So I'm really sorry for everybody who's about to listen to this. And he's like, please don't give me statistics and percentages. Well, too bad because it's about to happen. <laughs> and... So Greg Knuckles from Stronger by Science did a meta-analysis because there never had been a meta-analysis on strength gains and muscle growth on men versus women ever. There are hundreds and hundreds of research articles on, you know, getting this information and stuff, but no one had actually done the meta-analysis. So he did this, so bless his heart, because it made my research a million times easier in his article is on Stronger by Science. It's called Strength Training for Women, Setting the Record Straight. And he also linked all of the, um, he basically linked all the citations and stuff. So, And we can definitely, we will link that in our Patreon too when we do our kind of post on this yes. later on too. So you can find that article if you'd like. And this is the very quick, short and dirty version of it. Uh, I mean, naturally, no matter what, men are stronger and more muscular. I mean, just that's the thing. Okay. So start with that blanket statement. Yes. But they both gain strength and muscle at the higher absolute rate. Okay. So when he went and did this meta analysis, he really broke it down based off of different areas like upper, lower age, and all that stuff. So okay. something that I want to kind of preface with this is that these studies, the majority of them, are based on untrained individuals. So that means people who aren't athletes in the sense that they have had a significant history of weight training so they're gonna have people who you're just gonna in is put in a study and go ahead and start measuring their rate of muscle growth and strength so and also there's gonna be a higher number of men in these studies than women because women typically aren't a proponent or they really aren't typically the type of gender that goes and weight trains as we all know um which right. you know i'm hoping to change overnight. would love to it's so yes. we'll talk about the benefits of that later too all right so overall strength the overall strength increase for men was 29.4 percent over like 30 studies and women was 37 percent on average but women increased strength 27 percent faster than men did in these studies. Interesting. Okay, for the 35 and younger crowd, men increased strength at 30%, women did 45%, and women increased their strength 48% faster. Uh, 
35 and older, there was no significant difference in strength increases. Uh, For upper body, men increased strength by 34%. Women did 47%, but 36% faster. And then lower body, there was a trivial difference. Wow. With women being faster, of course. There was no difference. And oh, no lower, difference. Oh, there, and, there was a, oh, okay. Yeah, in lower body strength, there was no difference, okay? No difference. I shouldn't say no difference. It's trivial difference. There was like a small percentage, but not enough to know, right? Uh, for 20 plus weeks of training, there was no significant difference. For the indirect measures of muscle growth, there was not a significant difference. And for direct measures of muscle growth, there was also not a significant difference. And then men and women gained similar rate of growth despite age. So there was no significant difference for that either. So what that tells me is that if you have a controlled environment where you have a control of someone's training and nutrition, then men and women are both going to increase their strength, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but their muscle growth is not going to be significant difference, right? They're all gaining great. Yeah. They all gain muscle at the same rate. Now, what that means is that does not necessarily mean that women gain the same amount of muscle per their body mass. Okay. What that means is that for their physiological, you know, selves, they're going to grow at that rate. So we don't know anybody's history in these studies. We don't know if the men have, you know, the size of their muscles beforehand, if they have any training experience prior to this, even though they're untrained, you can, can be untrained if you haven't trained in a couple of years and stuff. You don't know the, the quality of their lifts and all that stuff like that. So as you know, as a, if you've been a personal trainer at a commercial gym or in a studio or anything, people, it takes time for them to learn movements and to get better at them. So we don't know any of these people's experience other than saying that they're untrained. So what this tells me is that just looking at this data and completely just my own opinion is that women increase strength more in the upper body and faster probably because they have never trained that way before. But we all use our legs. <laughs> that makes sense. No, when I was thinking that too, when you were saying that, I, I wrote a little note and I said, why faster question mark? And I was thinking the same thing. I know that a lot of women, when they start training in the gym, upper body and especially lifting weights for your upper body is not generally a focus. But right. as you learn more, you practice more, you start to see what actually happens when you do that training. Um, incredible things happen. So that's exactly my thought is women just as a general rule, don't typically start out doing that. So of course it'll increase faster. Did you hear that really annoying noise? No, I didn't. Okay, was it, good. On your end or it was my end? computer. I was like, Bleh! I was like, I hope that oh. didn't go when she was talking. I like your version <laughs> of the annoying noise. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was really good. I tried really hard. All right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, thank you, Greg Knuckles. This was a really great short article of the synopsis of what you saw for your meta-analysis and also going over the limitations of the untrained subjects. And then there were some results, too, for trained subjects. There was a couple of uh, research articles that he went over studies. I keep calling them the articles, and I mean, I mean fucking studies. So I apologize to all my science nerds. Studies. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. He... But the problem with the trained one is just there wasn't a lot of participants. Okay. So 
like for one, there was five men and five women over a 24 week period. So it's not going to be a very good, it's not a very good pool of people to get a good analysis of whether or not this, you know, training program or the study that they were doing, which was the like effects of resistance training on elbow flexors on highly competitive bodybuilders, right? That's not a very large pool to pull from. Um, but right. even in that study, there was not a significant difference. <laughs> so um, that tells you. <laughs> so we can you, conclude. <laughs> yeah, there's not a significant difference in strength gains and muscle gains between genders. So no matter what, as long as you have a structured training regimen and hopefully a coach or a mentor or somebody that can help you with the progress, as well as being aware of your nutrition that help with the body composition changes that you're desiring, you're going to your body's going to change, right? You're going to get strength and you're going to gain some muscle. Um, I don't know how much because it's going to be completely different person to person, but the down and dirty part of it is that you will not look like a man. I promise. Like you're not going to look like a man. So, <laughs> yeah. And take it from people who have tried really, really hard to grow that much muscle as fast as they can. And it's just not, it, it takes a lot to do. It would have to be very hard uh, a structured, intentional work to put on the type of muscle that people, I think, think of when they're asking that question. Right. Yeah. It would be very intentional, or you would have insane outlier genetics. You would be like my wife or Brittany or a couple other very random people that I know. Okay. <laughs> Most of you are in the same boat as me, where it's just not going to happen. What's going to happen with lifting heavier weights and having a good diet to go along with that one that matches your goals is you're going to reap a lot of benefit and you're going to look freaking fantastic. Okay. So that's that. That's all I got for that part, Mel. Um, I mean, we could dive into the hormones part of it again too, about why it takes women to, you know, longer to recover from training, depending on where you're at and your menstrual cycle and stuff like that and how you're training. There's a lot of components that we can talk about too why it's so much more difficult for women in a training environment to have and see the gains that they desire if it's not being monitored. But I'm going to get off that horse for now. Um, <laughs> that's, what else? that's a whole different rabbit hole, huh, that we yeah. could definitely go on one day. Um, no, one thing that, I mean, and you know, you know that this is my view on everything is the kind of why do I care? What does that mean for me as a general fitness type person, right? Someone who doesn't have goals of bodybuilding right now or anything like that. So one of the things I really wanted to touch on is what what does happen with women when they start to lift heavy weights? Because we know what doesn't happen. We know you're not going to look like a man, right? Yeah. But what does happen with, with a good diet, with lifting heavy weights, with training um, to become stronger, I, w I want to just talk about some of those benefits and what happens physically to, to their body too. There's a lot of really good things that I think women actually really love the results. Well, I'll let you start. Okay. I guess I can do that since it was on my mind. Um, <laughs> since I was thinking about it anyway. So uh, benefits of lifting heavy and I like to tell stories with everything. So I will say really fast too. When I met Britt, Six and a half years ago? Is that what we found out? Something along those lines? Sometime in 
2014. So yeah, a while yeah. ago. I can't believe it's been that long. When I did, I was just starting out as a personal trainer. I had done a lot of like self teaching. I lifted weights, but very low weights <laughs> and some higher repetitions. And as soon as I met you, we started doing some heavy lifting and I had a lot of motions to learn and movements to learn silly things. Like, do you remember when you taught me how to do a free bar squat? Cause I had never done one and I was terrified. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and I did it with just the bar and you were like, we're going to throw some 25s on each side. And I was like, that's not possible. And then I did it. And then there was 45. And then we just went from there. I was so scared of all those things you were doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But that was kind of my start was this same mentality that lifting heavy was a scary thing as a woman. There was no reason to do it for me. And let me tell you what it actually does. So number one, being stronger is just an awesome feeling anyway. Um, it's nice to be able to, <laughs> you know, move the fridge back and get something that fell behind it. That's a really dramatic example, but you get what I mean. Mm -hmm. So being stronger, and it's not just your muscles either. It's your tendons, your ligaments, even your bone density. Um, it gets stronger. You get increased bone density too. So all of that's awesome. Um, and one thing that I feel like a lot of women don't know is that it actually, actually, if you're in a caloric deficit and you have, like I said, the right nutrition plan to go along with your goals, you end up with ultimately a decrease in body fat because of the added lean muscle. Am I right? Well, I mean, that was muscle a requires statement. energy, right? <laughs> so I'm going <laughs> to, I'll dig in a little bit to this just briefly. So yeah. the difference between your body fat and your muscles is that your body fat doesn't do anything. It just sits there because it's stored, right? It's stored energy. It's there for later for your body to use essentially. But your muscle, for you to move your muscle, it contracts, right? When it contracts, it requires energy to contract, right? So the more muscle you grow, essentially, the more calories you could potentially burn, your metabolic rate could, could increase because of the movements that you're actually making. So in an effort with that, especially if you're in a deficit if you're moving more and you have more muscle to move and it causes certain amount of energy required to move those muscles then eventually within a deficit your body's going to start burning your body fat as energy instead because you don't have enough nutrients in your body for it for to use as energy so i mean nutrition is way more complex than that but that's of like course. the very basic version but it. you explain it to me like I'm five version yes, yes. <laughs> I feel like that works or what you called it before Barney style I think you called Barney it style it. Mm -hmm. yes and so what you end up getting is not with the right diet a big bulky look it's a more toned more defined look and the thing is too your muscle when we're talking about gaining muscle five pounds of muscle and five pounds of fat are not equal things muscle takes up very little relative space so even something is much as saying, hey, I, I've gained 10 pounds of muscle, put on all this work, 10 pounds of muscle, spread that over your whole body with how dense muscle is. That's not a huge, now I look big and bulky difference. It's a smaller, tighter, more, I'm going to use the word toned, even though it's like one of my least favorite words, but I have no other word to replace it. It's more of a toned look, correct? Right. 
So, and just so people don't come at us, five pounds is five pounds. Don't get us wrong. We understand that the the unit of mass is the same. Five equals five. Right. But the (laughs) volume it takes up is different. Okay. So the, you know, fat molecule is larger than the muscle fiber, essentially, when you come to like the the actual size of it. And it's just more dense and the cells stack on each other a lot more densely in muscle than fat does. And uh, so, yeah, I, first of all, that's. You're 100% correct on that. It, and, and there is no other word for fucking toned. But a toned yeah. look is someone who has less body fat, but they have increased their muscle size, right? So they have actual definition. So when you see someone with a six-pack, it's because they have muscle size on their abs, but they haven't decreased their actual body fat level through dieting, and therefore they have some abs now. Um, that would be a doned look, or what women love is when they their little horseshoe tricep starts popping out and stuff like, oh, I'm so toned. I'm like, girl, you are so toned. And listen, I will be the first to admit that I have pictures on pictures on pictures in my phone of that exact little horseshoe because I also love it. And (laughs) I have no shame in saying that. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yes. So that being said, I just thought that was really important to note that that it really does give a really awesome look when you do gain muscle as a woman. Um, And it's something that a lot of women actually desire. They just don't necessarily know that that's what it can, that's what it comes from is that type of training and that type of diet. The other thing too, and it kind of piggybacks off of what we talked about last week. Um, Last week we talked about progesterone and how it works with your neurotransmitters, uh, making your moods different, all of that. Lifting weight strength training also does increase production of neurotransmitters that lead to better mood, um, a more balanced state of mind, better uh, physical coordination, things like that. So on top of you look great, you start to feel great too. And so I think that's a really, really big piece of it because it's not just about your body. We have taking care of your mental health paired in there right. as well. Those those damn endorphins, I tell you what. And for the same feeling people get when they eat a comfort food, right? Working out does the same thing. When it, you know, increases your oxytocin levels, which increases the endorphins, which gives you those happy feelings, which makes you want to do it again. And for all my runners out there, you know exactly what that is. When you get that first mile or two mile in and stuff, and you get that runner's high, and you just feel like that you can just freaking keep going, you can get that with weight training as well. You just, especially when you get those freaking PRs, you know, those personal Mm -hmm. records and stuff, and you're lifting really heavy, or even just like being able to master a movement. Like, I I can tell you personally, I still have yet to do a fucking pistol squat. So (laughs) I have been training for 10 years and it's, you know, and, and, you know, for a myriad of other reasons why I haven't been able to do it, but there's just, I can, I'm so excited for the moment that I can finally do it and not, you know, do it without pain or be able to do it, you know, in repetitions and stuff and bounce and all that stuff. I'm like super excited for that. And that's like a goal. And like you find these goals when it comes to your fitness that are just really exciting. And if anybody's ever done like ballet or dancing or anything and when like you nail that perfect what is it called? Ceremony, dance, recital. Oh my God. Dancing, <laughs> like even when people like when they're dancing and stuff, and they finally do that recital or they do the choreography perfect, you just get that high when you've completed and accomplished something. And you can yeah. do that, and again, in all the fitness things, 
Mm-hmm. I just want people to understand that. Weight training is not king. Okay. I said it. I said uh. it. But it <laughs> it can improve your fitness for other things. And so people don't don't be scared to try it out. All right. You're not going to get. You're not going to blow up like a freaking blimp if you go pick up a weight. All right. But you also need to consider your nutrition, your sleep, your stress levels, your water intake. (laughs) Going on and on, right? All those things. Uh All those things. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's a really good way to kind of conclude this, right? In a nutshell. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah, just balance program also good. (laughs) Yeah, I'll do, you know, and I'll put up a a mini blog on Patreon on this for next week because this one's definitely my baby. So that will be up there again. Our Patreon, it's it's literally patreon.com, that fitness thing. Anybody that follows us, look, our lowest tier membership is just three bucks. Okay, that three dollars helps us buy better equipment. Right now, I'm in my fucking closet, okay? (laughs) I'm in my closet recording this because I'm dedicated. But, like, it gets us better equipment so that we can have better sound for you. And then we have extra time to do more research. And it really kind of helps us make this something more of a thing for us instead of just a pastime hobby thing that we've made it. All right. So we have two, three different tiers. The first tier is $3. That gives us early access to our podcast. And then if you get the $7 one, that will get you early access to our podcast. So we, we are releasing on Fridays. However, we are posting it on Patreon on Wednesdays. But you also get access to our mini blog and any other posts that we make in relation to the podcast, any videos that we do, it will start to pick up and increase over time. But it really, please help us out because we want to help you and keep bringing this information to you every week. What's your happy note of the week? Let's see. Oh, you know, I should have thought of this beforehand too. Um, <laughs> but just going off of what is in my head right now, my daughter just had her nine-month appointment today. Um, and anybody who's been following my story for a while knows we had a lot of pregnancy complications with her. She was supposed to have either dwarfism or, um, God, not spina bifida, one of those other spinal diseases that that causes a lot of issues. And as of nine months, she is perfectly average weight. She's a little above average in height. None of those complications in sight. I feel like for the first time, we're not worried about any of it. Um, She's developing well. And for me, that is just the best happy note of any week this year. That's amazing. That's got to be a huge breath of fresh air. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. So proud of her. So proud we made it this far and so proud that, gosh, just that she's good and happy and healthy. So that's a big deal. What is your happy note of the week? Well, when – Right before we recorded our last podcast earlier in the day, I had gotten, I had gone to the doctor because I've had shoulder problems and I failed some like lift off test or whatever that could indicate a rotor, um, rotator cuff tear. And I was like super concerned and worried about it. They did an x-ray and then my AC joint looked weird. And so they like ordered an MRI. So went to the MRI and my shoulder is like always in pain. So I'm just like, God, if my shit's torn, please just 
send me to a surgeon so I can get this over with because I've been dealing with this pain for like, oh gosh, probably over a year now. Forever. Well, I got the results back and it was a very boring MRI result, which is a good thing. However, I have bursitis. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I have bursitis um, right underneath my AC joint. So, where your clavicle and your acromion joint are. Uh, basically where your shoulder and or like how do you call it? your scapula and your <laughs> clavicle meet is called the AC joint all right right underneath there there is a bursa sac and that is inflamed and it's been inflamed for a long time and when it inflames it pushes up on things so what it's doing for me is causing impingement which makes absolute sense and which is also why I would fail a test for a rotator cuff tear just because of the location of the bursa so that's actually good news, right? Because you always—I was just yes. thinking of the absolute worst. I was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna have to get surgery." That's easily six to eight recovery from the certs. You know, six to eight weeks just from the surgery itself, and then six to nine months before you're like maybe a hundred percent. And like, I think it's under the age of 40, 80 percent of surgeries for the shoulder is successful. But as you get, you know, age and get older and over forty the less it gets. I'm like, man, I don't know if I really want to, you know, that one in five chance kind of <laughs> scary anyways. Like <sighs> yeah, a little bit. It's still a big number. So I'm just happy that a cortisone shot and probably some physical therapy to, you know, get that movement back in my shoulder. I don't have any like mobility issues. I just have pain all the time. Um, right. I, my strength has been the same, but it's just like, when you move your arm, it's not supposed to hurt. <laughs> so. No, no, not usually. Not That's not typically what's supposed to happen. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad, though. That is a really good happy note. Yeah, thanks, Greg Knuckles. I mean, the Stronger by Science team, him and Eric Trexel and stuff, they put some just excellent information out there. They have uh, what they call like the mass article that you can subscribe to. And they will like once a week send something out like via email that has like the latest research and they're like doing this all on their own. So it's just it's awesome to see another group of guys who have incredible backgrounds themselves um, being able to share this information because I love fitness, but not enough to do meta-analysis. (laughs) (laughs) Not really in our wheelhouse. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. But but that's why we're here doing a podcast instead. This this we can do. This we can pull off. Well, thanks for tuning in. That's Mel. That's Brett. And we are That, that Fitness, Fitness thing. thing. It's a podcast. <laughs>